0: It's a plane! Well, hello, beautiful. Listen
1: up, casuals.
2: California! You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overwritten. Be Game over, man! Listen up, casuals. This is Rocco. And this is Chris. And we are back with another fun-filled episode for comics, movies, and media for all your favorite superheroes
1: we are here to talk about batman tonight uh just like in season one our joker episode we'll be talking more about our favorite renditions of the character uh in live action and also animated and we've brought on one of our favorite people in the whole world that's casey Bauker.
0: welcome casey Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to finally be on an episode after being shafted the whole first season. <laughs> I'm here to, to end the, end the uh, second season though, so I'm excited to be
2: here. Well, good. And that was just because of the incident, but you know, we don't talk about that, <laughs> um, but we're just glad that you're here and that you're safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> So um so Batman this is a this is a loaded one guys because he is been in the Zeitgeist for decades you know nearly a century at this point um and it's it's just wild to me it's he's just it is wild
1: it is especially at our age coming in when it really kind of launched uh the new age of comics uh what Frank Miller did for the character in the mid 80s and then of course, you know, the the movies and where it went from there. You know, it's funny to look where we are now with like comic book uh, media movies and, and TV and all that stuff. But to think back when we were kids in the 80s and what existed then and what was really going strong was always Batman. Uh, and I think that's something to really recognize when it comes to his place in pop culture and what we talk about in the show.
2: Absolutely. And I think that Overall, a lot of people can vibe with this character because he doesn't have any superpowers yeah. and he's, I would venture to guess based on his age and you both can correct me if I'm wrong, but he was one of the first like quote unquote superheroes born of like severe tragedy. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's a lot of superheroes now that are born out of tragedy. That's like a thing. <laughs> um, but Batman, I mean, what 1930s, 1940s? I mean, I'm just looking at age. 39. Yeah. Yep.
1: And also, with there no their, there's no comic book code as well, so the stuff that they were writing back then was extremely like violent. Um, even though it was, it was kind of basic from what we know today uh but it's it's interesting to think about where he, like Rocco said we're almost 100 years into the character and he's more popular than he has ever been so yeah. I want to ask a question and Casey you're gonna you're gonna lead this off being the guest what is
0: your earliest memory of Batman or you know what made you become a fan uh you know so as far as like earliest memories go probably the um dc super friends show i think is what it was like i used to watch that you know probably in reruns or syndication or whatever when i was a kid um but i can say what absolutely solidified it for me was the work that neil adams did and then subsequently in 1989 we get batman um on the big screen and i'm eight years old it changed my you know life forever so batman and spider-man have always been uh tied for number one uh superheroes of all time and um but really you know reading neil adams when i was a little kid and then seeing that movie every everything was batman
2: (laughs) my earliest memory is being really young i'm saying i was like three or four so i'm talking like 1989 1990 And obviously it was in syndication at this point, but Adam West's Batman, um, was my first memory. And we had two TVs in our house. The color TV was in the living room and the black and white TV was in the kitchen. Um, because I'm like the last generation of that being a thing. (laughs) Um, and I would, you know, I would watch it on the black and white TV. And then if my dad wasn't watching sports, I watched it in color in the living room. And I very, very distinctly remember that as my first memory of Batman. What solidified Batman for me was um, the 1990s, the animated series Um, that that put me into Tim Burton's Batman's both Batman and Batman Returns, which to this day are still two of my favorite films of all time. Um, And obviously we'll talk more about those later. Um. But again, it was definitely, you know, Adam West is my first memory of Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I was a huge Adam West Batman fan. I, I did grow up with a lot of TV channels. So it was, I was limited to that. Maybe like Scooby and, and Batman, like that movie. Yeah. And things like that when I was like, yeah, you know, when I was a young kid, then all of a sudden Batman 89 came out and I, I vividly remember how excited i was and going to the theater with my dad for that and stuff and uh it was just that really propelled my my fandom with the toys and definitely like you know even up today where i'm totally obsessed with pop culture and, and toys and whatnot it, it was definitely one of those things that continued my love of uh collectibles and things like that and then like you said rocco the animated series really kind of defined what who batman was because of how much they were able to delve into the mythos and the different characters uh you know and that's that's why i've always thought that batman was always a better serial than a movie
2: yeah yeah i think batman would benefit greatly from an hbo max show over a film even though well we're going to talk about that film later
1: yeah no absolutely so that's
2: (laughs) We got a
1: ton of key issues and uh, runs to go through. And so I want you guys, you know, if you want to talk about something, just stop me. I think that I'm going to kind of loop it in here where we have the character, we have villains, we have his gadgets, a lot of things that are very important to the whole Batman mythos. Um, But I don't want to get hung up on it, a lot of it, because there is a lot to this. And this is something we have to do with this show. But um, it's also it's enjoyable because i love i love kind of the history of things as well so
2: we, we did do mention it so you don't have to No, yeah.
1: exactly or if you feel compelled you have you have it at your fingertips so uh let's start with the first appearance uh we talked about how batman goes back to the late 30s uh 1939 to be exact detective comics number 27 created by bob kane and bill finger also the first appearance of commissioner gordon so two big uh first appearances there
2: so it's just crazy to me to think that the world was in the throes of World War II and Batman existed. <laughs> like I just I find that funny.
1: On that scale, it's it the thing about stuff that we love so much now that it was getting started over, you know, like when that war it seems so long ago, and something we studied yeah. in school. Mm-hmm. So when I always thought like, oh, I'd love to teach comic book history, something like that. So this little piece of American history, comic books alone, you know, how much it is actually (laughs) been a part of our lives for so long. Yeah. Uh, Next thing up, we have the utility belt. And also the first villain of Batman uh, is Dr. Death, which is interesting. Uh, This is in Detective Comics 29. So Batman, always known for his toys uh, the utility belt has been around for a long time. Uh, again, another toy, the first Batarang appeared in Detective Comics number 31. And then in Detective Comics number 33, we get the first brief origin story for Jean, uh, Joe Chill and the death of the Wayne. So, huh. same year, but this whole origin was not included in his first appearance. Instead, they went back and they told it in uh, a later issue.
2: That's that's crazy because like you would think but then you know they're probably testing the waters with this new i think hero. that's what it
0: was yeah
2: and then like, let's like, see what right. we can get away with <laughs> yeah and then like all right let's let's give him an origin you know people like him
0: we talked about
1: that on the Moon Knight show as well uh yeah. because he they've it completely where yeah i was really just a secret agent at that whole time not a villain kidnapping your family okay buddy <laughs> uh in uh detective comics number 38 uh it's the first appearance of dick grayson uh aka robin in 1940 so nice. uh, you know that's that's the thing is like robin is that character who's so connected with batman he's been around as long as batman uh, and i think that's important you know being a if you're a nightwing fan bat family fan and uh and finally in 1940 as well we get batman number one uh and yes, if if this was a visual show, you guys could see that Rocco is showing his Funko comic covers, Batman number one. Uh, <laughs> this is the first appearance of the Joker and Selena Kyle. Nice,
2: that's that's awesome. Like that whole his his tie to Joker and Catwoman, I think are just so incredibly interesting and enriching. You know, obviously we had the Joker uh episode already if you haven't listened to that make sure that you have you know just that the yin and the yang kind of that the two of them are in in almost a perfect way and then just that the the tumultuous romance that is like catwoman (laughs) and batman like i know it it's i don't even know how to. it's it's it was always it always drew me in to both of these characters what is that tale as old as
1: time (laughs)
2: i mean yeah if one of them's a jewel thief and the other is a mentally disturbed person dressed as a bat sure yeah i mean sure
1: (laughs) exactly i um i agree with that it's funny that both of these characters are able to hold their own titles as well you don't have a lot of villains who get their own titles to begin with unless it's like a special event or something but these two have always gotten something, and like when I look even back in the '90s with like the Catwoman comic, that yeah. ongoing went on for issues and issues and issues. So mm-hmm. two very
2: popular ca- characters that have you
1: know remained popular in the in the comic zeitgeist.
2: Catwoman, Catwoman currently is uh, just broaching uh, the '50s in issues. Uh, it's an ongoing, and then Joker right now is about to end. Right. And yeah. It's before 20. I think it's I think it's going to end on 18, Um, but hmm. we're getting an end. And yeah, I mean, talk about it's it's the Joker and a family that's supposed to be reminiscent of the family in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Pretty awesome stuff. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool to see both these characters with their own runs, you know, coming going back to 1940. It's pretty crazy
1: and the same year in Batman number three, uh, Selina Kyle uh, is referred to as Catwoman, and and she you know she appears in costume. So that's another thing. Batman number four introduces introduces the idea of Gotham City uh, for the first time, and then Batman number five brings in the classic Batmobile in nineteen forty one. But then in All Star Comics number seven, we get Superman and Batman team up for the very first time so we get world's finest i didn't put the year here but it's definitely one right yeah. yeah that's crazy somewhere around there um there you go world's the, the jerry seinfeld uh superheroes in cars with coffee or whatever you
2: want. It. Uh, yeah it's uh in the batmobile getting coffee with superheroes and casey i got yours it's on the way this summer i'm excited yes yes <laughs> Uh, So that's,
1: you know, that's a duo that has, you know, stood the test of time. Uh, Probably one of the most iconic duos in all of comicdom.
2: Absolutely. And their relationship gets better and better. And in the current runs, their son's relationships are nothing short of hysterical. I know we'll talk more, we'll touch more about this later, but Damien and John, um, super, uh, the John being the current Superman because Clark is off planet and Damien being Robin still. And, uh, uh, John being like, all right, we're going to pride. Like, we're going to be late. We got to go to pride. And Damien's like, yeah, I brought all my anti-riot gear and my anti-riot nets and smoke bombs. (laughs) And John (laughs) is like, no, man, we're not like going to attack the people at pride, like we're going to celebrate it. And then, I thought that that was just fantastic because it's a carryover of their father's relationships with one another. And, and it's just, it's, it's so cool to see these writers bring this down to their kids. I I think that they have fun. It is. It is fun. You guys read Tomasi's
1: uh, super sons with Damien and, and John. No, no. Yeah. Check that out. And also right now, I just started watching young justice season four again. And they finally mm. brought those two in. They're young, so they're definitely going to be featured in future seasons. But oh, so good. I gotta go so back to it. I, I you know I yeah you gotta. It's, it's me I, too. I've gotta. You need if you haven't watched it, watch it with your daughter. I I recommend it highly. Okay, it's a good. It's
0: a good. Such a good show.
1: Yeah,
2: she's watching Naomi right now from CW. I think it's on HBO. Yep. I'm trying. Don't worry. It's,
0: it's already canceled. Yeah,
1: it's not for you, buddy. Remember that stuff. It's well, not it's for you. Don't worry.
2: <laughs>
1: I will agree that Gotham Knights looks like complete garbage. So, um, Anyways. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> because it is. Anyway, yeah, we don't know continue.
1: that. <laughs> Detective Comics number 60. The Bat signal appears the first time. This is 1942. Batman number 12. The Bat Cave is referred to as an underground hangar uh, same mm. year. So see, they're building up all of these great things from Batman, adding it in year by year but it was never everything at once. And that's great because here we have in Batman number 16, one of the most important characters of Batman's life, Alfred Pennyworth shows up. Where'd he been? (laughs) Where's that dude the last few years? (laughs) Well, he was not upholding his promise to uh, to Thomas Wayne. Oh, apparently not. He was still in the SAS. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. He was, he was off. He was off of duty. That's right. Alfred would be there if he could. All Star Comics number thirty six. This ties in kind of with the other one. Uh, this is the first Trinity, so Wonder Woman, nice. Batman, and Superman together for the first time. Batman is known for his villains. Casey, who's your favorite Batman
0: villain? I mean, you know, other other <laughs> than the Joker, other than the Joker, um, that's hard to say. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Two Face. And the reason why is because it's a tragic story and they were best friends. You can sometimes see the redemption in Harvey Dent, but just overall, like it's so he, he's the one who gets the Batman sometimes the most other than the Joker because of that personal relationship they had. So he's methodical. He's insane. You know what I mean? Like he's a genius quote unquote, you know, being a lawyer, like he's extremely smart. So like, there's times when they utilize the the um, two face in a really fun and interesting like criminal way that I always enjoy. So, Rocco,
2: um, you know, I would say it would either be, I don't know, I I've always liked Talia, but I don't know if I consider her a villain, a vil, a villain. Wow, a villain. Um, <laughs> that's how it's spelled, right? yeah, right, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah. Um, just with the whole the whole part of the fact that she's the mother of his kid but also like not exactly his well she's not really his foe but she's also not really his friend either i mean they just clap. The enemy she,
0: of, my enemy is my friend I think. they just
2: clap cheeks really is all they did but um i would say if not her if a true villain would be poison ivy i just i liked the whole controlling of the plants i like the whole eco-terrorism thing um hmm. i get down with it you know and i got think redheads
1: good answer i'm a i'm a raza ghul fan rashad ghul whatever you want to call yeah, him i'm yeah. not I like sure that. what it is but he's a very interesting villain who walks the line of something that you think about is right maybe he's a thanos really he is right mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah um and the whole connection with tali and all that stuff and then eventually Damien is just really good stuff
0: i just thought of an idea for an episode sorry that's fine what if you did uh marvel versus dc but more in the sense of like all these characters that marvel has stolen from dc throughout history <laughs> or just make it like how it matches up with certain characters either one but yeah. just like you know what i mean because i, know what you I mean exactly yeah. when like we talk it. about all these things like anyway i'm not gonna go off on a tangent it gets mentioned in, in every episode, episode. Yeah. it was like when we were talking about daredevil it was like
1: oh yeah so it's like batman or you know like,
0: <laughs> or moon Knight like, is like batman right.
1: yeah <laughs> right. yeah. yeah exactly so no i i love that idea and let's let's put that together maybe that could be a multi-guest show where we kind of just come up with these it would be good round shows. table yeah. yeah yeah
2: yes i like it
1: it's genius genius I, I i knew we brought you on the show for a reason <laughs> We're already producing the next one. That's right. <laughs> Let me run through these villains. In Detective Comics number 40, Clayface was introduced. Nice. Uh, that was in 1940. So that's that's dating <laughs> back to one of his earliest villains. Um, the Penguin, Detective Comics number 58 in 1941. Uh, Casey, here's Two-Face uh, in 1942. In Det- Detective Comics number 66.
0: Do we know... Uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but do we know when Harvey Dent was introduced then? we don't okay and i i don't know look if it that's up. yeah that could be
1: maybe they told the story in that comic where he he was introduced as two-face and then they told him how i don't know no 66 you said right uh forty two. dc dc 66. comics yeah dc yep. comic 66 huh. uh dc 140 uh riddler 1948 nice uh and batman 121 mr zero aka mr freeze 1959 <laughs> uh poison ivy rocco uh batman 181 in 1966 and again rocco talia al ghul in dc 411 and so we're gonna we're gonna be jumping into something soon and in case you mentioned neil adams and you know as is, is one of the major influences of of for batman for you uh it's interesting, I thought that Talia was introduced before Razagul. Hmm. al right? I would not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. Like, five years before. So that's, yeah, me neither. So that's a really interesting fact. Um, any comments on the villains? Casey, did you find the answer
0: for... Heart
1: no, it just time? says
0: what you said. Um, so maybe... They did both, or or maybe they did what they've done with the rest of the stuff is that they didn't know they knew the villain, but they didn't know the backstory till later. Just like yeah. all the stuff that Batman has. Like they didn't know it until you know, people probably thought it was a hit and asked, like, what's in his utility belt? Uh, right. this is <laughs>
1: where would he put everything if he wears tight skin clothes? I, yeah, I exactly.
2: <laughs> I think though, like the villains. Are a huge part of loving Batman because he oh has, for sure he has the best rogues gallery of any superhero period
0: arguably sure. Spider Man
2: I, I was gonna say I I would I would fight a little bit. you know what I'll <laughs> I'll tell t- I'll give you the argument because I yeah Spider Man Sinister Six fair enough fair enough not but-
0: as good though in my opinion. I think not that as like, deep and and textured as the Batman villains by any stretch of the imagination, with the exception of maybe Harvey or uh, Harry, or, yeah. and his dad. But that's really it. That's <laughs> yeah.
2: that's fair, but I mean, the, this gallery of, I mean, these are all household names. You know, exactly. These yeah, are, for sure, for sure, it's incredible. Yeah. So I don't know
1: if anybody out there is a fan of the Batman slapping Robin meme. I am. <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, yes, I thought so. Uh, just just for fun facts, that, that panel was featured in World's Finest Comics 153. <laughs> if anybody wants to go back and snag that comic for your collection. <laughs> but uh, I just mentioned Neil Adams. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, to- Detective Comics 370 was the first published Neil Adams art. Nice. Wow. And then in Batman 200 in 1968, Neil Adams debuted as, as the creator. So. Wow. <laughs> that's right. I always thought it was like more 70s. I didn't realize it was late 60s. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know it went that far back. <laughs> so the, the wow. important thing to realize here is that Batman was coming out of a very goofy time, very goofy age where they weren't taking comics very seriously. You saw a big change in the seventies with tone and storytelling and, and things like that. So I, and also with Batman, they just had this TV show that is very campy uh, that, you know, put that idea in people's heads of what Batman is. So Neil Adams had that kind of task to transition him into a more quote unquote modern time of comics. And It is definitely some of the best times uh, that I, in my opinion for Batman now, he is still larger than life. He goes on these, like some insane missions, some goofy things sometimes, but you get that classic design that has carried on for decades now. Yeah. And then of course, as the seventies go on, comics are getting more and more serious uh, and you're getting uh, some darker stories. And of course, so, in 1971, we finally get the introduction of Razal Ghoul. Uh, and so that whole origin there, uh, and some of the best Neil Adams stories regarding that character are retold in the Batman animated series. Wow. I forgot it was like Daughter oh. of the Demon or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's good stuff. I remember um, that story, Eric. Yeah, that's that it's like two episodes. Uh, and that's some of the best Batman in the Animated Series. out in the uh,
2: desert in and the the Lazarus pit and the like stranding him out there. I like have vivid memories <laughs> of that.
1: And this is a and and next up, this is another character that we that we actually were introduced probably for the first time in the animated series, being kids at that time, is matches Malone. Hmm. And when it comes <laughs> yeah. down to talking about Bruce Wayne in the second half of the show, I don't have like Kevin Conroy's Bruce Wayne is whatever to me, except when he's matches Malone. Um, And the fact that they brought that character in was really great. And the storytelling they were able to do going back to these comics that influenced their, you know, their reading when they were, when they were reading Batman comics. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Here's a huge thing. First Arkham hospital. uh, It's it's referred to in the Batman as Arkham hospital as well. Batman Two Fifty Eight. Uh, eventually be, be known as of course Arkham Asylum.
2: I I love so I'm a big horror movie fan with asylum stuff. With like haunted asylums and like crazy people in asylums and serial killers in asylums. I see an asylum in a horror movie and like sign me up. I'm in. But I also love Batman. So the fact that there is a spooky, haunted, like gothic you know, asylum in Batman, which only makes sense with his rogues gallery. Right. I, I think that the, and that HBO show that's supposedly coming out that focuses on a haunted Arkham asylum in the Batman like universe. I, I, I love Arkham. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, Arkham to me is a character, Arkham's like, like Gotham is a character. Gotham just isn't a city. Gotham like is a living, breathing thing. And I think Arkham is also definitely living and breathing the comics. Um, The order, uh, well, gosh, darn it. Arkham, the new order of the world was a short, um, like a 12 issue that just came out, that just ended, I should say, a couple months back. And it did describe Arkham as alive. Very, very good series. Um, I highly suggest it. The artwork is fantastic. And it's just like a wild story.
0: Check that out. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so a day happened um, Arkham Day, um, (laughs) which which is where uh, the the Joker gas bombed Arkham and a lot of villains died, but also a lot of villains escaped and a lot of guards died. The most notable death is Bane. Mm. Um and then this kind of picks up as to like those villains like dispersing throughout Goth- Gotham and it's not really the typical rogues gallery it's like lesser known ones and I think that that's very cool and the way they did it was very cool that's what they should be doing yep <laughs> Uh,
1: where am I, I sorry what was we're... the no, it's okay no I'm going to cut what I just said but let me ask a question what was the show that was planned. It was a GCPD show, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Arkham show is a way better idea. Arkham yes. shows
0: way, way, way better. GCPD can get rolled into a Penguin show. Yeah. It's like yes. so easy.
1: I mean, we also, we already had <coughs> Gotham for whatever they were trying to achieve with that, which I think was supposed to be a GCPD show until it went completely off the rails. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I would rather see something because we've never seen Arkham featured the way it should be. Mm-hmm. uh di- like different filmmakers have treated this gotham in different ways uh like the gcpd or gpd or whatever you want to do you make these little changes and instead of like going into the storytelling you should they decided to do their own thing but now yeah. it's like let's just do it let's just do it the way that people want to see it yes don't be creative come on it's already been created <laughs> anyways the outsiders i mentioned young justice early in the episode uh this is something that's actually being concentrated on that show as well which is really cool um going back to the origin of this team batman's like his own superhero team like x-force kind of uh they were introduced in the brave and the bold number 200 actually like a year or so later they got their own comic called batman the outsiders
0: that's red I yeah I didn't ever realize that makes sense now <laughs> for the outsiders or Justice League ah you know what I mean Young Justice yeah. yeah
1: and it's you know it's always been something that's been associated with Batman if you watch the Brave and the Bold uh, they're on there in one of the episodes I don't know how much they were featured in the animated series or any of those characters I can't remember but I don't think so
2: not like almost not at all
1: it's good stuff and I hope they they do more with it because every every decade there's a new batman the outsiders comic that either actually it doesn't it doesn't do anything usually runs for a few issues and (laughs) that yeah so (laughs) the outsiders
2: Um, the outsiders were featured in future state as a side story um yep uh, oh try build them up again (laughs) what comic was that it was like the it was like the last four pages were always the outsiders
1: oh where they put the double features in all the comics instead of like releasing 52 was, comics they did the 20 comics yeah it would be it mm. would yeah, be like dark
2: detective and then the comic would end but there would be like six pages left yep. two of them were advertisements four of them were the outsiders yeah <laughs> the backup story yeah mm-hmm. which sometimes were the were better in some in some instances i thought it was smart
1: it was, yeah, it was it's it not was, a bad idea yeah i like now it. when you're doing a buyback program for years and you're getting all these comics sent back to you by shops you're not selling them, you might as well combine them, cut your books in half. So, this is this next one's a big one. Uh, we have our second Robin showing up, it's Jason Todd, uh, who eventually becomes Red Hood. Uh, and so Jason Todd shows up in 1983 in Batman 357. Mm. And this is a character that's more popular than ever, especially when back then when they killed them all. I mean, everybody called this 1 800 number. And they hated Jason Todd.
0: <laughs> like, they hated him so much. I love it.
1: They killed him. Um, so they left up the fans. But now he's a fan favorite. A,
2: like, an uber
1: fan favorite. No? He is.
2: <laughs> no, he is absolutely a fan favorite. And his transition into Red Hood, I think, is a. it was a huge deal. And that's one of my favorite animated films, is Under the Red Hood. Agreed. Um. That was so good. It's such a great reintroduction of Jason Todd. Um, I also really like him currently in future state Gotham, which is the only um, continuous running future state comic left. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's a reason for it because it's freaking good. And the fact that red hood is a peacekeeper peacekeeper red. And the fact that he's like a triple agent, um just deepens the story and now we've gotten to the point where everyone just found out bruce wayne is still alive um and talia smuggled him back into gotham and it's just if you're not reading future state gotham like you are just you're missing missing out a lot it's really good
0: i'm gonna cry (laughs) because i'm not reading
2: (laughs) well you know what you should i'll get
0: there i'll get there
2: When the trade when the trade comes out, jump on
0: it.
1: Okay, okay, fair. And then there's always the question what came first, the bucky or the hood. So (laughs) tell me, you tell me. Let's jump forward to 1986. The Dark Knight returns. I said it earlier in the show. This is what saved comics. Period. (laughs) Comics were like these companies were bankrupt. Mm. (laughs) They were not selling Mm -hmm. comics anymore. And all of a sudden, Frank Miller came in and changed it to a completely different tone. Gave us like started giving us adult comics of a new like a new scope.
2: Yeah, I've got a uh, Casey and I had a conversation about this. I need to read the comics. I didn't like the cartoon show. I didn't like the cartoon movie, the two parter. I, I honestly, I don't know what it was, but I really want to read the comic. Like, I really, really want to read the comic. So I think that'll be next on my list trade wise is I'm going to be buying that and reading it.
0: The only reason I told you to read it is supposed to do in the animated is just because you're not as big of an animated fan. Um, I will say this, the animated series, the animated two-parter <laughs> and the comic are almost one-to-one.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay like it's it awesome.
0: is the it is yeah. the best of all the dc animated and that's saying a lot because there's some insanely good ones but um i think the problem is is like frank miller is not an easy person to read if it's not his own thing like you you know the frank miller daredevil that's doesn't my su-
2: that's my shit right there
0: right but it just doesn't sound like any other person's daredevil And this Batman doesn't sound like any other person's Batman. It is distinctly Frank Miller. And I think like if you're not used to the way that he writes, it can be very jarring for people when you're used to the character sounding one way. And then you hear everything he did with Sin City (laughs) show up in Gotham.
2: Well, I love Sin City, um, the movie uh obvious i've never i've never read any comics around that but i should i absolutely should that would be a
0: really good that's a good episode it's another one yeah maybe i should pick that i think it's on a list
2: is that in a is that a trade is that like uh is or is that
0: multiple trades okay gotcha yeah
2: so i would read that because that movie i i adored that film um and then um You know, that's what always caught me off guard is that like I figured because of how much I love Frank Miller's Daredevil, I would just adore his Batman. And I watched the movie. I watched all the way through. And I don't know. Maybe I just didn't vibe it. I didn't. I don't know. But again, I still want to read the comic. I still want to do that. Okay, good. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Fine. Okay. It's done.
1: Frank Miller came back with Batman Year One in 1987.
2: I love that. Did you, did you like the animated version? Um, So I did like, I liked the animated version. So I picked up Batman year one, the trade at that comic book shop in times square. Um, Gosh, I can't remember. Midtown it. comics, Midtown Midtown comics yeah. that's right. I went to Midtown comics. Cause you know, I had to, I was there and uh, I was like, well, I'm Damn definitely, right. I'm definitely buying something. I'm here. I even kept the bag they gave me cause it said Midtown comics on it. Um, but anyway i uh I bought that there I read that thing i couldn 't put it down i i was there was no way I was putting it down. It was just so good so it 's more i think it 's more related to the fact that you look at it as
1: like something of batman 's origin and the way you can accept it it 's also a much different way it 's written than say that future tale which is just i i think that 's what sold it to people so much was that it it really began this else worlds idea um in a darker age and that's something that's carried through today even with black label uh and it's 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 one of my favorite aspects of dc comics is the ability to go and write these stories that don't exist in continuity and i think like for somebody who i enjoy the ongoing comics but at the same time it's like the bane of my existence i would i'd love to go and read a one-off story yeah. and i think that's what got yeah. me.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a few of those going on right now um with uh, uh Dark Knights of Steel. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're if you're not reading that, especially if you're a big fan of Game of Thrones, um I mean, that's pretty much Game of Thrones with DC uh characters and it's just wildly wildly good. But no, I completely agree. I love the ongoings, but man oh man, you give me an awesome side story, Elseworld side story that's like awesome and I'm I'm going to eat that right up especially if it's featuring or starring Batman. Yeah. So
1: yeah, listen up, Casuals. You could go out and watch both Year One and The Dark Knight uh, Returns. If you have HBO, uh, it's on there. Or you yep. can pick up the movies. Uh, so check those out. If, if you're not up to reading the comics, there's other ways to absorb that media.
2: Absolutely. And I, I highly, highly suggest Year One. Um, if you're uh, like a deep Batman fan and you want to just get that, like his first year, it's just, it's just so cool. So let's talk about uh, Batman
1: son, the demon, the graphic novel. Uh, it's, it's argued that when characters first appear as babies, it doesn't count, which I would say is bullshit. Um, <laughs> but I do have <laughs> Batman 655, uh, which is the first, appearance of damien wayne in the modern comics so this is this is the argument this is technically the first appearance of damien wayne uh back in the 80s which is um you know is is a big thing to recognize and then for grant morrison to bring him back in you know the 2000s as a character and now such a carrying effect in the bat family i thought that was very interesting uh because i didn't nobody thought about it until
0: damien
2: was you know introduced in the 2000s yeah
0: Yep, exactly. That Graham Morrison.
2: <laughs> I didn't I did not know any of that, and that is awesome. And I, I love Damien. He is such a little cretin. <laughs> I
1: I agree. I you know, the more I see of him and I, I rewatch these movies and I just kind of get used to the fact that this character has been introduced and he's such an antithesis to the other robins. Mm-hmm. And I, I just and being batman's like biological son is such a huge difference between what he's established with all of his wards the years
2: absolutely and um i know i keep bringing up this book series but that's just cuz it's it's pretty wild as uh, future state gotham and Damien in future state um when he when he was told his uh when he was told that bruce's father was dead he was sure that he was going directly to hell. So he made uh, some type of a pact to go to hell. um, And then actually like went through hell. This is the, this boy's like desire is unmatched. He actually went through hell and now has come back as Batman 666. So it's, it's pretty, I know I like, believe me, I know how freaking goofy that sounds. But, like <laughs> then you you read it, and you're just like, "Holy wow, dude <laughs> like, it, it's it's pretty crazy stuff, and you believe it because it's Damien, and well, Damien's insane
1: oh, it's just <laughs> another added six to batman sixty six which is there you go insane in its it. own right so yeah. uh this next one I know if it belongs on a list the killing joke is a monumental Batman book, uh, whether it's The Joker, Batgirl, Batman himself, you know, Alan Moore wrote a, it was a out of continuity story at one point. And now it's, you know, it's been, it's been adopted in as, you know, Barbara Gordon's transition to Oracle. Uh, So I don't, this one, you know, is kind of like a cat and mouse game for Batman and the Joker. Uh, And it's, it's, it's a very, very dark tale also has an animated component as well.
2: Yeah, this is my favorite comic. I own this in hardcover. Um, And the reason is, is because I grew up reading comics, but it was X-Men. It was Spider-Man. That's what I read growing up. I didn't read Batman growing up. I loved to watch Batman, the animated series, but I didn't read his comics. And I remember like reading this at a very young age and realizing what happened to Batgirl in my young mind. And it, there was almost like an innocence <laughs> that was like just completely taken from reading comic books. Like this, it was. This
0: makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is checking off a lot of boxes. This is your <laughs> <No>. origin story, <laughs> exactly. No, it
2: was just like this is dark. This is heavy. Like I'm used to X Men, where the deepest thing is the love triangle between Jean Grey and Wolverine and and Cyclops. Or, or the like,
0: parallels to racism and well, Nazism I'm, and well, misogyny. I'm,
2: I was also I was also very young reading these things. But again, you know, and then Spider-Man as well was always fun. But then you read this and you're like, wow, I don't think my parents should have let me read this. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think mom and dad should have allowed me.
1: It comes up in every every episode. Why is Daredevil in a, in a spinner rack at quality markets? Huh?
2: Well, yeah, no, you're yeah. exactly right. You're exactly right. Because I was reading <laughs> Frank Miller's Daredevil as a young kid as well. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's fair. But yeah, I mean. This was a, this was a shift. This was a major shift in terms of my comic book reading. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it grew you up
2: in, in essence. Yes. And no, it's not my origin story. And I'm sorry. It's checked so many boxes off for you. <laughs> I, I know you a little bit more each episode, <laughs> um, ah. but, and I also love that this ends on a joke this comic ends on a joke and it's it made me laugh and it still makes me laugh every time i read it hence why it's a joker book absolutely Mm -hmm.
1: yep yep the third robin tim drake 1989 and batman 436 tim drake is you know is probably one of the more popular robins uh especially for people who read comics from the 90s Uh, A lot of big fans out there of of Tim Drake. And it was just announced actually that he's getting his own going series once again this fall.
2: Yes. And he was a very prominent character in the current, the DC pride, uh, one shot that they just did. And they just compiled, uh, his own, um, pride, uh, comic one shot, but it's also like, um, Batman urban legends, uh, uh did yeah. did a run like cuz urban legends is an anthology and they just took the tim drake anthology which was i believe five parts and they put it into a single one shot and it's a tim drake pride one shot but that's all it is it's those it's those so i already have them so i just didn't bother buying this comic um but then he has a new separate story that builds off of that in dc pride which is out now and i i highly suggest it
0: yeah
1: We did mention Bane earlier in the episode, but Bane didn't really show up until 1992. Uh, His first appearance was in Vengeance of Bane number one. That was a mini or maxi series that ran prior to Nightfall. And so most Batman fans should know what Nightfall is. Uh, It's a huge event that the first part of three ended with Batman being broken by Bane, his back broken. Um, These are things that we saw in The Dark Knight Rises, which poorly adapted it um but bane i remember this this whole event i have every issue of this event i have every issue because it's one of my favorite things in comics ever i do too i i read it as a kid um Yep. yep so it was very it was like we had the death of superman when we were you know before that i believe and then they broke the batman in our in our lifetime and this is when these kind of things actually meant something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, it was heavier. Week after, right? Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. on the news.
0: It was um, on the news. Yes.
1: <laughs> um. So, Nightfall ran from 1993 to 1994. And it's a whole saga featuring Nightfall, uh, Night Quest, and Night's End. Uh, so once you know, once Batman gets his back broken, John Paul Valley. Uh, who is Azrael. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes up the mantle as the new Batman, but of course he he's insane, so he eventually <laughs> uh, starts killing people, and then Bruce Wayne has to make a recovery and retake the mantle from him. Um uh, key issue there is Batman 497, uh the breaking of the bat.
2: Ah, Azrael, you can't trust him.
0: No, you can't have any of either of you read the these books recently no the knight's night uh series no i read it again because i've been going through batman uh prior to this episode just in general in my own life um and i reread it bane is effed up i mean like and i i knew that tom
2: king Harding. no tom king no no no
0: tom yeah king, tom king yep What he did with the modern ones um, was very methodical and evil. But like reading those books again, I was like, like Bane is a criminal mastermind and he destroys Batman every single facet of his life. It was like Punisher level destruction to like this man's psyche and his emotional and physical well-being. I was like, this is this is top comic making right here.
2: Damn that's all sorry that's all (laughs) i agree i
1: the whole bane story in what tom king wrote you know during his run was was really (sighs) big um and a really neat way to do the character this this character i it's interesting because he he came in and then he was also featured in the animated series so we did know who he was yeah um you know he was more and more introduced so i as a modern character and being one of like batman's key antagonists like that's how you beat batman you have to be stronger than batman
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just as intelligent um and yes. that was something that i thought was amazing the venom aspect of it is neat too and i think that venom has a big role to play in the whole batman world as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, the long halloween mm-hmm. uh today we have a sad news uh what is today june 16th uh tim sale died so he was the artist on the long halloween and what's the other book
2: uh dark victory and then he did haunted night as well yeah and uh i mean you guys are the ones you told me to get on long halloween um while ago long time ago so i remember i i bought that trade and it was i mean one of the best things i've ever read um, obviously a lot of it was taken for Nolan's the dark Knight, as well as the Batman that we just watched. And then, um, dark victory was great. I mean, you had pretty much the Batman forever scene with Robin. Um, although with Robin being a lot younger than a Chris O'Donnell, who was much too old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, I mean, uh, and it wasn't two-faced, but regardless you had the circus and the falling and the, the screaming, but, um you know those books are definitive in my mind they're incredible um the artwork was just nothing short of just a, a gothic masterpiece and it was just an, an amazing read it was an amazing read i i've reread the long halloween probably four or five times now
0: yeah beautiful beautiful stories beautiful artwork um i know this is we're talking about dc but spider-man blue if you haven't checked that out that was like one of those uh defining star or uh, spider-man comics for me um when i was younger but definitely the long halloween i remember i came to it later i didn't see it until college but joker's teeth being like wildly exaggerated and and learning more about the villains you know what i mean so it was just uh great i just reread those not too long ago too yeah, very sad to lose.
1: You know somebody. Yeah, he so wasn't fantastic. that he wasn't that old. You know. No, so, I mean that's that's the crazy thing. It's a big loss. Some big losses this year from the comic industry.
2: Yeah. Uh, moving
1: on to 1999, No Man's Land was a huge, huge, huge event, uh spanning 80 issues. I think it's bigger than even like the Nightfall Saga. Um, this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this ran across sure. all the bad titles. Like this is bigger
0: than maximum Carnage. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is huge. This a lot of these
1: inspirations, you know, like the blowing up of the bridges and mm-hmm. isolating Gotham, like in the Dark Knight Rises and other stories, it came from this. Um, and then Gotham becomes its own, you know, no man's land, as <laughs> so, yeah. the title says. <laughs> and so all these different villains take <laughs> up property, and there's turf wars and all this crazy stuff. And uh yeah I man's got to take off and back um and what causes it is a giant earthquake mm. uh so it's a natural disaster and you go from there epic epic stuff love it
2: yeah i've been wanting to i've i've talked to my comic book guy about uh me reading no man's land and he's like dude that is so many issues to track down and so many trades to track down the Trades like, are a lot but Yeah, he's like, we have to do it in trade, but even that is going to be like a lot
0: mad expensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, So I was like, all right, well, let's start it, you know, the beginning (laughs) and kind of go from there because no man's land. I'm very, very interested in reading. So
0: do it. Yeah, you'll see all the ties. I mean, it shows up, showed up on arrow. You know what I mean? Like it shows up like in so many DC properties because of it.
2: Yeah. I, b- I believe it. I believe it. Arrow first three seasons, that was a bomb show.
0: That was Batman is mm-hmm. why. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you really think, I mean, it was Batman. They, they did a enough. great Batman show. <laughs> so
1: every superhero has to die, apparently, in comics. Um, it's not even a sacred thing anymore now that Bucky and uh, Jason Todd were brought back. But, you know, in 2006, they did the Death of Batman. Uh, he was killed by Darkseid's Omega Beams in Infinite Crisis number six. Uh, and then there was this whole goofy-ass, ret- like, the return of Bruce Wayne and and weird time and travel things that... Grant Morrison is one of my favorite writers, and I love what he does, but even that stuff was a little wacky to me. Um, yeah. Whatever. I mean, it happened. He died, he came back, of course. Another key issue I mentioned was Batman 655, which is between that and six... 56 are the arguable Damien Wayne showed up in the shadows versus Damien Wayne's first full appearance. So either hmm. issue you want to try to grab if you can, they're all considered first appearances. Okay. So that's your final Robin showing up besides every other one they've they've kind of featured. So <laughs> Robins, which we're even- having <laughs> we can't even get we into that's into its that. own that's episode it's, yeah it
0: is
2: well i will talk. i will have to say um are either of you reading dark knights of steel
0: i'm not reading it I just it's done i have them so
2: well i love that like uh the dark knight or the black knight you know being batman uh he has his little boy messengers and spies that he sends out and they're you know dick uh tim Jason and, yep. and Damien. And they're like his little birds, his little Robins. And they come and they like give him information. And I just love, I love that. There's just these little asshole, little four boys <laughs> that like feed him info and are yeah, little spies. Cute. Yeah. And I, I love that. I think that that's great. That's just such a great use of the Robins. But anyway, I digress.
1: There's mm-hmm. my, I I look forward to reading that in full. Let's wrap up the first half of the show. Uh, This is a big one here. Uh, 2012 was the New 52. Now, Scott Snyder had been writing Batman prior to this, um, with Black Mirror and and different things like that. But the real introduction was when the New 52 launched, they they carried over Batman mythos and Green Lantern mythos because they were such popular books. But within this, we got a new introduction to Batman in a way and new characters because the Court of Owls showed up who have become very influential you know as villains in the batman universe
2: yes i read what was it the court of owls and then the sequel was um i own them both my goodness um the court of owls and the some sun- help me
0: remember. out here
2: guys god okay well either way i own them i don't Earth. remember
0: arcs man was- um yeah hey, i don't remember as i don't either because it's yeah. what 12 the first 10 issues or 12 issues of the new 52 run it
1: depends i mean if it's like each chapter versus before you get to death in the family yeah
2: well i'm talking about the the trades i have right all right yeah yeah Yeah. but anyway either way um the first time i read this it was just like it was it was wild it was just like a wild this underground illuminati like society running gotham and like this i love this whole like well, yeah, Batman, we never messed with you before because you never crossed us. So we allowed you to operate. Like we knew who you were and we knew that you were operating. We allowed that. And like, just knowing that was like almost creepy in itself. Um, and where, how he discovers their nests and all that stuff. Like it just, it was, a, this was one of my favorite books to read. I really, really enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, Scott Snyder is a, an amazing writer to begin with. And uh, I just touch- write- no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say this. He was such an intricate part of launching the New Fifty Two, and then that really just launched his career completely.
2: Yes, didn't he also write uh, Batman: The Black Mirror? Yep.
0: Yeah, Chris said that.
2: Okay, you just said that. Sorry, I apologize. Yep, it's all good. Um, no, but that was that was another amazing book by his by him that I own. Just Gates of Gotham good.
1: with Kyle Higgins is really good too. That's prior. That's pre New Fifty Two as well. So that's okay. something to check out. And they really kind of start to set that stuff up. Okay, and you'll see these these interesting like ties to that. Um, What is what is Commissioner Gordon's son's name? James. James, right? He he also wrote a really good James Gordon story. It's super dark. It's
2: I think it was in DC Comics at that point. Was he always like a psychopath?
1: From what I know of him, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think that's what they wrote him in. You know, because that gets if he was a kid that gets resolved in batgirl that finished at number 50 almost god more than a year ago now good stuff
1: you know what's even better is that when you know creators finally get their their due and this is something that's kind of an issue in comics these days uh still but in 2015 bill finger finally got credit uh and it was on detective comics number 46
2: that's crazy
0: i can't believe it took that long it's just wild to me
2: mm-hmm. i saw the doc <laughs> yeah. i saw a documentary yeah it's crazy like
1: same stuff happened with like the uh the superman creators getting credit on certain things for the character and it yep. just yep. it's ins- i mean you sell you sell something back you know back in the day you sell your rights to it or whatever happens and then all of a sudden this ha- you know your creation takes off the The true moral question is: Do you still have rights to that creation? I right. It's 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 sad that these companies will not give people credit, uh, especially as they're putting out these TV shows and stuff like that. Or or a little kickback. I get it. This is a corporate world we live in, but it's sad. Especially like like you're a creator, Casey. How would you feel?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. <sighs> It's so hard because, like, when you sign these contracts, whatever you make goes to the company. You know what I mean? Whether it makes a dollar or it makes a billion. And it's so for me, it's like really hard to. It's conflicting because I, I get it. You wouldn't have Batman without Bill Finger. You know what I mean? Like, but does does he deserve anything? even because he was working for this company, it could have been a flop. Like I, I, I a hundred percent agree that he should have gotten it, but I a hundred percent understand why the companies fight these sort of things. But uh, you know, for me, the middle ground is like here, take all this money. We're just going to dump a chunk of money. It's enough to last you a million times over and then never call us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And maybe that's what happened. (laughs) I don't know
2: leave us alone stop stop calling us that's what i'm saying isn't it is it true that it was batman versus superman where we got uh bill finger's first credit um because i know if you go back like i just watched batman returns
1: 2015
2: i uh i just watched batman returns on hbo max i believe it was um Mm -hmm. and it it says now like they went back in and it's
0: yeah uh, they went Bob back Kane oh, and, and yeah Bill finger yeah so
2: i'm I'm talking about like a movie that you know didn't go back and do that that just put his name in there the first time over and i think yeah. that was batman versus superman
1: i believe you're correct i yeah awesome that's 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 one of the best things that could happen for you know for the family creator everybody's got the the name of that that character on their lips that merchandise is everywhere and you're looking at it like god damn it where's my five dollars um but i digress let's let's go to commercial because that was a huge first half of the show we're gonna come back with many opinions and we're gonna run down the list of Batman from live action and cartoons and we're gonna talk about our favorites so
2: stick with it holy commercials batman
0: DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don't Forget the only place to travel geekly, focusing on creator owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. DFAT Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with DFAT Comics.
1: Listen up, casuals,
2: and we're talking Batman.
1: Casey Bowker is with us. This is Chris. And
2: this is Rocco. And if you were with us for the first half, we talked about all the most important Batman comics. Um, We gave you the perfect list. I hope you were writing those things down because you need to buy them all. There will be violently writing them down. (laughs) There will be a test. And if you didn't think we were done with comics, Well, you would be right. I use a double negative there. Either way, it doesn't matter. You done be wrong. (laughs) We're going to keep talking about comics before we get into the movies um, because there's just so much to talk about. Um, And that's the modern runs of Batman. And where is Batman in the comics today? And you're seeing that in these um, long, um, ongoing runs that are currently happening. Um, So if we look at, a huge huge event in batman was joker war and joker war kind of was a catalyst for a lot of big changes in dc um starting with batman himself so joker was able to pretty much dismantle all of batman's life including bruce wayne's and one of those things was taking all of his money however this led to an excellent Catwoman story arc in the Catwoman comic that was also part of joker war where she ran a heist to steal back all of bruce wayne's money due to a legal snafu that money could not go back to bruce wayne or it would look really really bad and so it was gifted to the fox family with the patriarch being lucius so lucius fox becomes a multi-billionaire overnight And he then allows Bruce Wayne to be at the end of Joker War. He allows Bruce Wayne to be um, part of the company. But Bruce Wayne goes from a billionaire to a millionaire, which uh, is it's discussed the how funny that is. Um, And I love how this is a a real world discussion. Um, And he moves out of Wayne Manor and he buys a brownstone in Gotham. (laughs) <laughs> and he's operating out of uh, mini caves that he's always had in Gotham. Yeah. And it's just, he's always talk. he's always annoyed and talking about how annoyed he is with these. And they keep getting discovered and he's very, very frustrated about this. And what I really, really like about it is there is a deep discussion about how Batman is there to just protect the rich. And he kind of gets checked by a character named Miracle Molly who is a bit of an anti-hero character, she's like, all I know is that you protect rich people's assets by beating up the mentally ill. (laughs) Um, And he kind of gets a check. He kind of checks himself. If you will, checks his privilege, Batman checks his privilege and, Mm. and learns kind of how there's a whole subset of people that he has left behind So he starts to kind of change the way he operates himself. Of course, there's still his villains. That's never going to change, but um, he kind of changes that. I thought that was really, really cool. I love how comic books keep with the current zeitgeist of what is going on in our world. And I think it's very important to mention that. Um, So that was kind of Joker war coming into future state. Um, Let's see the current Batman run. We have a new character introduced Ghostmaker. Um, Ghostmaker is one of the people that followed Bruce Wayne on his path to becoming Batman in the 10 years he was missing um, from Gotham between college and when he comes back to be Batman. And oh. Go- Ghostmaker has no problem with killing people. <laughs> and he just about matches Batman in all things. And their banter is pretty friggin' hysterical. Um, and Ghostmaker makes no qualms about being so openly sexual and it, the gender doesn't matter to him. And I think that 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 adds so much to his character that is just fun and funny. And uh, he's also badass and he's freaking lethal. Great design. And his, yeah, his design is awesome. It's, I just got his figure, his McFarlane figure. Uh, he's got two katana swords and he's like got a bat costume, but without the pointy ears and he's all white. <laughs> Yeah, he's
1: one character that I went back and I snagged his first appearance because it's still cheap, just in case.
2: Yeah, just in case just in him. case.
0: Yeah.
1: I yep. think it's I think it's interesting because you have Batman Inc. written down here. Batman yep. Inc. was definitely a um, I believe it was brought in by Grant Morrison uh so, back around those days.
2: So Ghostmaker is now in charge of Batman Inc. He gotcha. is gotcha. uh Bruce left him in charge of Batman Inc. And the other Batman um don't like that. And there's a whole lot of infighting about it. Um, but ghost maker is hysterical and he keeps them in check. And when he needs to, he will just beat one of their asses and he'll do it in front of the rest of them. <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Robin, uh, this is Damien. He g- goes to Lazarus Island to be part of a death tournament. It's pretty much, um, all of the sidekicks in a mortal combat type situation, where he learns of Mother Soul, who is his grandmother, Raz al Ghul's mother, and he starts to learn the different, um, the different factions of the League of Lazarus and, and the League of Shadows, and um, there's a whole deeper portion of that, um, which is great, and then um, his, he has some conversations with his, his grandfather, I'm sorry, Mother Soul's his great grandmother, I apologize. Um, <laughs> he has a lot of great conversations with his grandfather Razal Ghul, and I think that really pushes the narrative of this book. Is their conversations and Razal Ghul kind of coming to peace of maybe Bruce was right, <laughs> and I I really really love that. Um, next Harley Quinn, but yes. then but then then the Shadow War happens. Yes, and so, then their that's shadow a great
1: war. like transition, I think, into that yes. event.
2: Yes. Yeah, so in robin robin sets up raz al Ghoul turning a new leaf he decides to turn himself into the authority no spoilers and all hell kind of breaks loose from there um so yeah if you're not reading shadow war definitely read that harley quinn is now part of the bad family <laughs> and i adore it because she's uh just a screw up and she constantly <laughs> screws up And she keeps apologizing and she has a lot of, a lot of self-talk about like her life with Joker and now trying to do the right thing. But like, she thinks that killing certain people is still okay. Um, and (laughs) you know, she needed upgrades and she asks one of the Robins, I think it was Tim, like, come on, you guys tell me that Batsy doesn't give you a credit card. Like, let me just have, <laughs> let let me just have the numbers on that. But like, she is, she's genuinely trying to help, but she keeps screwing up. And I think yep. that there's a, <laughs> there's a charm. There's a, there's a, there's a Harley charm to that. Um, that I really, really like,
1: um, you know, that Batman has a credit card. Joel Schumacher showed it.
2: Oh, God, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> Next is Nightwing. Nightwing is uh, probably one of the best current ongoing comics, period. Um, it's just that good. Um, Alfred leaves his entire inheritance because Alfred has, has died. Alfred was killed um, by Oh, Bane. great. Spoiler. Well, that was a while ago. Alfred was no killed kidding. by Bane. Just, oh, okay. He knows. Tom oh, okay. King run. All right. Scared me for a minute there. But anyway. You can't uh, have
1: spoilers two years, three years <laughs>
0: Yeah. Dick, it's hard.
2: <laughs> <It's> Dick like- <laughs> gets this letter from Alfred along with an inheritance. And it's this beautiful long letter about how Dick will always be his son and how Bruce doesn't need any help. And so he left everything and we're talking billions. So now he the joke is now he has more money than Bruce Wayne. The
1: guy didn't have any rent. Of course, he was able to save money.
2: So. <laughs> Nightwing decides that he is going to do something Bruce was never able to do, which is help people without a mask on. So he uses his billions to completely, you mean like it.
1: people that don't believe in COVID?
2: That's the one. Yes. Correct. Oh, okay. Um, he, he decides to pump his billions into, um, Bloodhaven and create, uh, safety nets for the impoverished. And what he doesn't realize is that there's a whole lot of people that don't like that. And so now he has a, uh, a hit on him. What of course. they don't know is that he's also Nightwing, the protector of Bloodhaven. So it's not, there's not a hit on Nightwing. There's a hit on Dick Grayson. On
0: Dick Grayson. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, and um, he and Babs finally, after all these years are uh, in a real committed relationship. And that's also like explored. Um, and she, it's really cool to see her in full Batgirl costume and him in full Nightwing and they're protecting Bloodhaven together. Um, also of course, some issues you'll have dad, AKA Batman stop into Bloodhaven and, you know, talk to his son, uh, Dick and I, those, those, those issues I always love. <laughs> um, cat uh, she, I mean, the big thing with her is just the whole thing with Wayne's money, the next Batman, we have a huge deal with Jace Fox being, um, the first person of color that is Batman. Um, He is tired of living under Bruce Wayne's shadow. So he moves to New York city and the new ultra liberal mayor of New York city uh, creates a a police unit that is run by Batman. So like (laughs) he's a deputy, he's actually deputized as a part of the NYPD and there's inner issues with that and inner turmoil with that, of course, within the NYPD um, and, and his handlers as well.
1: I wanted to ask, like, this is was this the first comics that John Ridley wrote? Was like I Second Son and things like that. I think I'm trying to remember if this was it or, or if it was something over at Marvel, but this, this is a huge thing too. I mean, yeah. You know, screen the screenwriter of um what is it, Twelve Years a Slave? And yeah, you know, it's just like yeah. monumentous change of character to 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 Jace Fox, yes. um, having somebody who's so distinct distinguished writing comics. When out there people are like poo-pooing the comic industry, the, the comic book movie industry, saying that it's not real writing, it's mm-hmm. not real anything. I, it's I, so I just stupid it, it is. It's so insulting to everybody who works on it. Yeah. And then you have like people like like John Ridley, who are so acclaimed. I, I love the fact that they are getting involved in writing these stories. Sorry. Yes.
2: You. No, don't don't be sorry at all. I'm glad you said that. And um I think what, what was great is Before he leaves for New York City, Jay says, I got to tell you something, dad. Um, I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Lucius laughs and says, you know, wow, I I, you would think that this would be the first time you hear someone say that, but not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of laughter around that. And uh, he says, son, I I realize you wear a full face mask. And his response was the way black folks are getting killed by police officers. It just makes my job harder unless I wear a full face mask. So the police don't see that I'm actually black. (sighs) And Lucius responds with show them who you are based on your actions and go with a cowl. One of my favorite people always wore a cowl instead of a mask. And so he adopted the cowl. And I think that that was a really, really huge deal um, that maybe I don't understand fully being white, (laughs) but reading it, um, it was just really, really awesome. It was really, really well done. It was very insightful and things that I wouldn't think about that allows me to expand my mind and think about, I guess. So I owe that. To that comic so i really really enjoy it. it's an ongoing right now it's called i am batman and i suggest awesome it. yeah that um, sounds
1: awesome and then rock where did it begin it began and it began in future state and then in batman's second son right so if people want to go back and read it this whole idea of Jace fox began in future state
2: so it it began so future state is towards the end of the story but that's right where it began they star wars it, right um so future state is when Jace comes back to Gotham after mm-hmm. the, um, the peacekeepers take over uh, the magistrate. So the magistrate takes over Gotham. It becomes a fascist um, city. And so Jace comes back to protect it as Batman back to Gotham. Um, then you have second son, second son is when he first finds a Batman, um, one of his micro caves, <laughs> and decides to steal everything and use it to be uh, his own Batman. And then uh, I Am Batman is after he gets the blessings from the Bat Family, and then he says, "I'm going to New York City."
0: Awesome. Mm, okay. Sweet.
2: So, yeah, this is up. This is before Future State, where he comes back to Gotham, and that's where we're at right now good stuff. And and then, um, the big thing being pride month, you know, um, that's, that's a really, really big deal. Um, DC does a lot for its LGBTQ plus community, um, characters, um, which is important because everyone should have a superhero that looks like them, um, period, or is like them or acts like them or whatever. Everyone should have that. Everyone should be entitled to that. Um, and DC pride does well with that. Um, I know this is someone we're going to be talking about in a a few moments. And his name is Kevin Conroy. And if you um, read DC pride, the last story has a disclaimer before it, that it's strong language um, and hate, hate speech. And it's a comic of a very, very personal, personal story that was written by Kevin Conroy about his brother, who was severely mentally ill about his father, who was an abusive alcoholic Um, the death of his mother and also trying to be an actor and him um, being called the F word, the one with the two G's in it um, Mm. while trying to establish his career. Um, I'm not going to lie. I cried in the last page um, when he gets to his, I am Batman moment after you read the story, it's pretty incredible and it's extremely powerful and um how he describes that a voice came out of him that he didn't even recognize um during an uh, during his audition and the build-up to that um just read it it's uh it was just so good so powerful and an amazing black and white comic to just read like an old school black and white kind of serial comic you would see in the newspaper but about this very personal personal journey of Kevin Conroy, highly suggested,
1: and that that just hit stands,
2: yeah, yes, yes, right. it's called d c Pride It's got a lot of variant covers it's thick, it's ten dollars there's easily
1: sounds like it's worth it,
2: yeah, yeah, there's easily like ten stories in it there's the that story I was talking about earlier about John and Damien, um obviously, there's a Harley Quinn and poison Ivy story because those two are just so horny for one another, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, there's just so many great, there's an, uh, uh, is it Aquaman um, currently? Which one? And uh, he's called her own. Yeah, I think so. And uh, he's, he's gay. He is, he's very gay and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. So DC pride, uh, I suggest it. And I'm gonna be uh, definitely. There's gonna be some stories I'm gonna be having my my daughter read. She's about nine, and um, I think that it's really important that all of us kind of embrace these heroes um, because I'm just sick and tired of the Christian white superhero. (laughs) Amen. Oh no, that's not not appropriate. Oh man. (laughs) Um,
1: Anyways, let's let's get into it, guys. Thank you, Rocco. Thank you, Rocco, for staying up on the current comics. And being, someone's got to do it. That's right. <laughs> Rocco's modern runs.
2: Take one for the <laughs> team, guys.
1: <laughs> let's talk the Batman. Everybody's waited so long, but let's let's do it, guys. What I've asked tonight is that we all went and ranked our favorite Batman uh, from the list of actors uh, from live action and cartoon, and also our favorite Bruce Wayne. The character is interchangeable. Batman is the character. Bruce Wayne is the mask, as we always, you know, as we've learned over the years, as we've kind of grew up with the character. Casey, you're the guest tonight. Um, so we're going to start with the bottom of the list, and we're going to work our way up to number one. Okay, guys? So okay, out of the list I gave of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Batmen... Casey, who is your number eight spot? Uh, it is George Clooney. Anybody else? George Clooney. Right oh, here. All, yeah. all three of
2: us. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna say it. Okay, George Clooney. Do you need to? George Clooney should have been the best Batman. Should have been. Um, he's George Clooney. He was more Batman in Ocean's Eleven than he was in Batman. <laughs> Um, and that's what I was, that's what I would have hoped for is his character in oceans 11 as Bruce Wayne, you know, just that. And what we got was a cardboard cutout of Batman. That's what George Clooney was. He was just a cardboard cutout of Batman. Um, and what w- was with the nipples? It gets cold in the back. Here. <laughs> right. <it's laughs> if I were George, if I were George Clooney, I would have been like, no dude take the nipples off the costume like i'm not (laughs) did the
1: nipples start appearing in batman forever on robin's outfit did they and then they went full bat nipple i'm not sure i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: have to rewatch these movies
1: not at length but for the nipples at least you know fast forward through certain things i've
0: never seen batman and robin
1: never wow
0: i refuse to watch it
1: Uma Thurman's performance in that movie alone is worth the watch. I'm going to watch in it. In I'm going to watch
0: it at some point. And that goofy yeah.
1: Muppet they had played Bane, I'm not sure if that was a real person or like a, like a blow-up doll. I'm not sure yet.
2: Yeah, Uma Thurman, I think I would love to see her get another crack at Poison Ivy um, with a better writer um, and a better director and a better movie. Everything and a better, just everything better. <laughs> but I think Uma could have been a really good Poison Ivy. Awesome.
1: Well, I I guess we're agreed on that one. Yeah. George Clooney. Perfect. All
2: right. Casey, number 7. Val Kilmer. Oh. Okay, I have different. Who do you have? I have Adam West.
1: Okay. 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 Casey, why Val Kilmer? Cuz I'm in with you. I
0: again just at the time he was big and I remember the saint and all that stuff, but I remember coming off of Batman returns and watching it and being so disappointed at him. You know what I mean? Like I bought a lot of the Batman Returns stuff. I think I was like one of those like, Whoa, it's a new Batman movie. But then when I really went back, I'm like, "Oof, this was, this wasn't what we needed. So that's all. Well, I'm a huge Val Kilmer fan. Same. And
1: you know, it's like, there you are. Where, where is Val Kimmer on your list, Rocco? Next,
2: I have him at five. Oh, okay,
1: so oh, um, I and- have Adam West next, so it's kind of like this interchangeable space of things. So, why did you pick Adam West for,
2: for this one under Val Kilmer? Um, honestly, it's it just like I'm done, I've, I've been done with the campiness, and like I, I went recently, I went back. To try and watch some of those old like episodes and they just they don't hold up. But he still has a special place in my heart, and he's always going to. And I don't think it's fair to place him below Clooney or to put anyone below Clooney for that matter. Um <laughs> fair I think enough. period. So
1: what was your next one, Casey?
0: So my next one is Christian Bale.
2: Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I disagree. Mine is Adam West. And yours? Mine is Affleck because I just didn't oh. ever believe for a minute he was Batman at all, except for that one scene in Batman vs. Superman where he decimated like 20 dudes in a room. <laughs> CGI. That was, that was the only time I said, oh, this is Batman. The rest of the time I said, wow, this is really puffy Ben Affleck. Um, He just <laughs> didn't sell it. I like the fact that he had the Dark Knight Returns look like I may not have been a huge fan of the cartoon, but like I understand that. Like I could put that together. And I like the I like that he captured that look. He was very puffy, but it was a it was a puffy version of that. And I got it. Um, but I just it's Ben Affleck, dude. I I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I he didn't sell it. I wasn't sold.
1: Sounds like you have some bias against Ben. Ben Affleck for some reason. Yeah. Um, dude,
2: Goodwill Hunting, man, Dogma, dude. I, I can know. Name so I many know. You'd rather defend yourself. I, I love. I think he's great. He's just not fucking Batman. That's fine. He's the
0: bomb and phantom. That's-
2: he's the bomb and phantom. <laughs> You're damn straight. You're damn straight.
0: <laughs> Casey, why Christian Bale? Never once did I believe this guy was Batman. Never, never once. He's too small. He's like even as Bruce Wayne, which I do enjoy, is still Patrick Bateman. So I'm already there a little bit disconnected. And then when he's Batman talking through rock salt, you know what I mean? Like it's just the so stupid. So so stupid. He doesn't have the physicality for Batman. The fights are horribly choreographed. Like in the Dark Knight, that scene where he goes to like Japan or whatever and he's fighting people, like in a club China watch it just watch it because you will see him wait until he takes a hit every single time it is so shitty so So Finn Jones it yeah it's just not my (laughs) he's he is not my Batman he's next on my list after Adam West um even being an
1: Adam West fan you know in those in those Batman show like growing up it's just it's like you said it kind of just runs its course yeah and it it's it it's good for the time and like the history of batman for me but at the same time it's it's also what makes people not take batman seriously so
2: i agree i absolutely that's why i put him lower
1: i like i said uh christian bale is next on the list for me i agree with everything that casey said i i am not a big we're on number five Eight, seven, six, <laughs> five.
2: Okay, we are on five. Okay, I'm yes, sorry. sorry.
1: I need a number these because I didn't do a good job with it. So but you're we are number you're five. is
2: bail. five for you.
1: Bale is five for me Um, for the same reasons. I I have a certain level of respect for Christopher Nolan at the same time. I don't. I think that he's he's his movies are a little bit too much uh, at times. Um, he's a little bit full of himself. Kind of like how you feel about Denis Villeneuve, who I love, Rocco, that you don't. Um, I feel the same way about about uh, Christopher Nolan. So his Batman movies, um, the Dark Knight is still. I think I like it better than the Batman as a movie, Mm. but the Batman is a better Batman movie. So that's where I'm coming from with my my appreciation of the Christopher Nolan movies. And I don't like Christian Bale as a as as that character. I love Christian Bale, but not as Batman
2: well we all seem to be in the same ish ballpark um my number five was kilmer and i really 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 liked kilmer's batman voice um i'd say next to um Hmm. next to conroy i if i i could believe that kilmer was batman based on the voice that he used um and the way he carried himself throughout the movie um was he my favorite Batman? No, I mean he's my number five Batman. Um, but I love the way that he also interacted with Nigma, even as Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, in that one scene where he's like not totally dismissing him, but like, yeah, just call my secretary and set something up. That's not gonna work for me. I'm gonna need an answer right now. Well, then in that case it's no. And I just just something about that scene to me, was like very Bruce Wayne. He was trying to be kind. He was, and the dude was just pushing his buttons. But again, um, yeah, just something about his voice. I don't, I can't, I don't know how to say it. it is just his voice. I, I believed it when he spoke, this is Batman talking to me right now,
0: <laughs>
2: but you guys had bail and bail is actually number four, which is where I'm saying, you know, that, that he lands here. Um, I think, That for all of Bale's faults, I think he is the best mixture and the best dichotomy of Bruce and Batman. I think that microcosm, just that little piece of Bruce and Batman, I think he was the best of that mixture. Was he the Mm -hmm. best Bruce Wayne? No. Was he the best Batman? No. But he gave us, in my opinion, the best mix of the both where I actually believed that mixture.
0: Casey, what was your number five? Uh, da, 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 Adam West. Adam West. Just okay. Campiness. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think we're all. there All right.
1: There so with number. That. So number four, Rocco. You said. I said Bale.
0: Bale. So
1: he's up there for you, um, Casey. I said Affleck. Affleck. I said Affleck as well. You know the thing about it is, after the fact of all the mess of the DC oh eu I, I don't even want to fucking say it but i will because that's what those films are they're garbage um they 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 were not put out right by wb jack snyder was not able to tell his story he had things in store for us that definitely would have worked on some levels i think that the batman with Flag and deathstroke would have been a good movie yeah. to watch um i'm disappointed we did not get it I do not have as much hate for Ben Affleck, uh, Bad Affleck or whatever you want to call him in this realm.
2: Bad I, Bad I,
1: what I liked about it is that we got the leader Bruce Wayne, uh, the leader Batman in this for the Justice League, and stepping out of the role of like this brooding Dark Knight that we we've known across all these movies, and this this fledgling hero here we have a hero who's been established and who is ready ready to lead a team, and you know for as much as we want to hate on these movies i i didn't mind as batman i loved the appearance i loved that they went with more of a frank miller look um and i you know those first black and white photos really got me i thought that was that was it i was really ready for that batman and of course what what came after kind of diluted all that excitement but
0: um (laughs) that's that he does kind of
1: he sits at number four for me because i i do love that fight scene a
0: lot that fight scene is amazing you know even the little scene he does in like the suicide squad movie and stuff like that yeah I, i think it's like for me i i he is that frank miller batman he's yeah grizzled he's pissed off and but then you see things like i remember in that opening scene where everyone's running away from metropolis you know daily planet and he's running towards it to like save people and i remember seeing that for the first time being like no that's batman <laughs> like that's really cool and that's that's my issue with like my love for zack
1: snyder yet my frustration with what happened with those movies yeah so right awesome let's get into the top three we're good right with four we yeah. went through that yeah yeah all right my third favorite batman is Michael Keaton's
0: Batman. Same. Uh my, mine is Robert Pattinson. Okay. All right, that's fair. Lead it off then. Lead it off, Casey. You know, um, I really thought he embodied the character more than anyone, you know, not more than anyone else's there's other in there, but you know what I mean? Like as far as cinematically speaking and of his age and how long he's been a Batman, etc. I felt this character was Batman and I had a huge smile on my face the whole time. While, you know, I would like to see some fantastical things enter at some point, maybe in this Gotham show, I don't know. But like, as far as just the core character of Batman, I never once doubted him for a second. In that movie, so I loved it. Oh yeah. I'll I guess I'll start with a
1: transition of the two characters that we're talking about here. Um, my biggest thing is that Michael Keaton, he is Batman to me. He was that Batman that I saw on the big screen for the first time. He was that that character that I watched over and over again on VHS. Is he Batman? Not, I don't know. I the Tim Burton movies are definitely a different telling of that story. Do I believe that he's the best Batman? No, because I've waited so long for that detective Batman. Mm -hmm. um, And we didn't get him until Robert Pattinson. And that's why Robert Pattinson's number two for me. And we'll get to our number twos in a second. But I love Michael Keaton. And I think that Michael Keaton returning the DC Universe, uh, Cinematic Universe is a huge, huge thing. And that it's taking it in the right direction. um, Especially since they've established another Batman on Earth too. So that we can get the best of both worlds.
2: No, absolutely. I know like you want to talk about our, our, what we think is the best Bruce and the best Batman, but like, I really feel like I'm getting there right now in my top three. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Um, Obviously Keaton's my number three. And the reason is just like you just said that Keaton is your Batman. Keaton is my Bruce Wayne hands down. Yeah, me too. That is Bruce Wayne. That will always be Bruce Wayne. He is number three to me because he is the best Bruce Wayne we've ever had on screen, above all others. Period. Done. Stamped. To
1: ruin the next segment. I'm,
2: I'm sorry, just... but that's why I was a little shorted
1: it, which is the best thing.
2: Well, that's why, because when you texted me that we were going to do this part, I'm like, all right, cool, because yeah. I already have mine. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. need to think about it. He, that's why he's my number three. Keaton is Bruce Wayne. I adored him as Bruce Wayne. I love him as Bruce Wayne. I can't wait to see him again in Flash. And I can't wait to see him again in Batgirl. Yeah. And that's why he's my number three. His Batman was great, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poop in his Batman serial, but like he is the definitive Bruce Wayne in my mind, and that's why he'll be my number three. That's good reasoning, my friend. Good yeah. reasoning.
1: So the number two spot for me was Robert Pattinson, as I said same Uh, casey michael keaton michael keaton (laughs) so that i think that's setting us up for the same number
0: one here
1: um (laughs) yeah but yeah i mean that there's no discussion needed here i mean those two definitely sit at the number one and two spot i think it, it has a lot to do with nostalgia yeah and finally getting it right this year um but michael keaton like he delivered something that like from being a kid who watched the 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 adam west show and then seeing this bigger than life it just like took your breath away especially the filmmaking that tim burton did the danny yeah. elfman score like <laughs> the package of what he built within that his own goth <sighs> we're talking pre-cgi and all that stuff it's such an amazing production regardless of how you feel about the first two films And i know there's people out there that don't like and that. mm. that's fine that's your opinion but you're wrong um they're great no they're great productions and i think that they're such a part of our childhood especially being the ages we were at that time yes just just seeing superheroes on the big screen compared to even like yes superman 78 like yeah that's an okay movie batman 89 took it to a whole new level
2: it it did it did but just to talk on pattinson a little bit being my number two he is number two to me because he's the best Batman we've seen on screen, period. Um, I don't mean Bruce Wayne. I don't think he was the best Bruce Wayne. I think that the next movie with him in it could give us the best Bruce Wayne, but it's not. he's not there yet.
1: But it's interesting, though, to think about the fact that we've never seen Bruce Wayne in year two at that stage in live action where they've actually portrayed it right. properly. Like Batman Begins was year one. And even though in, he's not like that, he's like, that's still a playboy and too rushed into it. I like that they like totally devolved him into like that dark character.
2: Exactly. But he just didn't have enough screen time for me to be able to make a good enough assessment. He doesn't and, need it. And he's, he's not, and he's not even fine, a character, right? but I was okay with that. But yeah. I can't judge him as Bruce Wayne. I can't say he was the best Bruce, but he was by far the best Batman. The look, the Every something Pattinson, Robert Pattinson said before the movie came out that I like watched the movie and then I was like, okay, I get what he meant. Every single fight was personal and was angry and was full of rage. Yeah. And I thought that that was the Batman that I've read in these comics. That was the Batman that I wanted to see on the screen, was just still that little boy that was in that alleyway, but now he's super strong. And he's just going to beat the snot out of you. And, and you saw that in every single fight scene, even right in the beginning. Um, I loved when he saved that man's life, but that man was looking at him saying, please don't hurt me. That man was still terrified of him. Um, and just the, the shots when he, like when he got up and you just have the ears, you know, from the back, just that look. And it's terrifying, and you're watching it and you're scared. And and that's what it's supposed to be. He's supposed to portray fear to those that would use fear against the weak. And I loved it. I I ate I ate that up, you know. I mean, it was just oh, it was so good.
1: Thank you, Matt Reeves.
2: Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me do my
1: thank you notes right now. All right. That's <laughs> meticulous director. I'm glad that he took his damn time, um, and that we we got what we got finally. So,
2: yeah,
1: let's uh, let's go with number one. This is an interesting one because when you think about the fact that all of these characters, all of these actors have played the character in live action, and yet one name sits at the top of our list. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about how influential Batman the Animated Series is uh, to our life and you know you mentioned the story of kevin conroy in the pride issue and just his influence to batman period Mm -hmm. uh from the show to animated movies to video games Mm -hmm. Um, when i read batman i hear kevin conroy's voice and i think that's probably the most important thing that to mention about the actor is that he defined batman for our generation um, through a cartoon no less thanks to bruce tim
0: paul denny and more go ahead casey oh i was just gonna say yeah i i think what clinched it is that he didn't stop being batman for a long time right you like technically he still is but I'm saying like he did the animated series, but then you also have the Justice League and Batman Superman Adventures and you have all the movies and stuff. But then you get the Arkham games mm-hmm. and it's like it took I won't say any of the campiness because even the animated series, maybe some is a little campy, maybe. But, you know, nothing compared to Adam West stuff, but like, I guess a gentler version of the character when you get to the Arkham series and it's like, okay, Kevin Conroy got to grow. We all grew like, you know, our, our sensibilities changed, you know what I mean? Throughout time. And I think that's why he really embodies everything because he's just been the longest Batman too. You know what I mean? Like he has been able to bring that character to life for many decades now that it would be impossible for him not to be the voice when we read a comic or read a book or or whatever, or we want in general just to hear it. So yeah, it's, uh, that one was like the easiest one, you know, slam dunk. No, no contest.
2: Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing about Kevin Conroy was And he, he does, I, I I said this before I, I read his uh, DC pride excerpt, um, but he was the best mix of Bruce Wayne and Batman. um, I know it was voice acting. I understand that, but like, I believed him as Bruce Wayne and I believed him as Batman. And I think that that inner turmoil, um, even in uh, really displayed in mask of the phantasm, um, where he yeah. has Andrea um, you know and that whole side story oh, I think yeah. that that was such a big that was so big that was that was so amazing um, he again Chris to your point yes when I'm reading Batman comics that is the voice I hear in my head and then I distinctly remember like when Batman Arkham Asylum dropped I was God I was living with a bunch of friends it was super late at night. And remember when Walmart on Chai Ave was like 24 hours? You do. Like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I like drove out there and was like, oh, it was, it must've been like midnight. It was past midnight. And I'm like, oh man, I got PS4. I want that new Batman game. And I just walked in and they had a bunch of them. And I remember getting home. And taking the plastic off the game and looking on it and it's like Kevin Conroy repri- reprises his role and I just remember looking and being oh that's so dope
0: <laughs> so good and then so so and so
2: put good. that game in and honestly it was 6 a.m and the, the, the birds were tweeting and I was still playing it um but again you know that those games are some of the greatest video games period yes not the some of the ba-
0: the greatest batman stories that we've gotten as well yes yes
2: and the stories just wildly wildly good arkham knight you know it's take on um under the red hood was just so well done i mean you think how could you rewrite that and then you're like oh like that (laughs) that's that's how you could rewrite that and yeah kevin conroy kevin conroy kevin kevin conroy again and again and again (laughs) who you know what I said. No,
0: oh, come Kevin for Conroy. you. Don't say his right. name.
2: <laughs> you
1: right. said it three times in the mirror. Um, I was hoping he'd appear. He did. He's right behind you.
2: Oh my god!
1: <gasps> Don't look now. <down>. Uh, <laughs> we can't even. We can't even begin to explain. Like, if you have not watched the, the original Batman Animated Series, do yourself a favor. And this is where it goes back to my my whole campaign about how Batman should be a serial like to tell the story of Batman and his Rose gallery, the proper way it needs to be told over an episodic story. Like there's so much depth to it. And when we get movies with the same villains and we don't get to see the depth of it and the different ways that he deals with his different villains and how intelligent he is. I just, that's why the animated series really just pushed all those buttons um, and I think that was one of the best, you know, is the best medium, uh, that, you know, has been told so far. There's a lot of other like honorable mentions like Batman, the brave and the bold mm-hmm. and the Batman, um, beware the Batman. There's a lot <laughs> of really good stuff out there. Um, and you know, HBO max has a lot of, has a lot of that library. So if you have not watched the Batman a- animated shows, there's something for everyone out there, and I yeah. I, I do recommend it.
2: Well, I liked. I wanted to do a quick honorable mention for a Batman, and that is one Mister Will Arnett. I think that we should definitely <laughs> shout him out for yeah. Lego Lego yeah. Batman. Yeah, I put on Lego Batman on a whim for my kids, and I found myself laughing so freaking hard. It's a funny movie. Yeah, that for was sure. such a great movie, and Zach Gale, I. Well, I did honorable mention on our Joker episode, which is Zach Galifianakis as the Joker. Um, and I thought that that was just great. And thinking about that episode, I was like, well, let me do another special, uh, you know, an honorable mention here and say Will Arnett from the Lego movie. Um, and then he does that Lego um, show, the reality yes. show. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that someone's like, do it, just do it. And he goes, all right, fine. I am Batman. Yeah. And like everyone started cheering for him. And I was like, yeah. I freaking love that. That's awesome. Because technically he's a Batman.
0: He's a Batman. Yes. He, he
1: was one of the ones I was going to put on, but I figured that we would do honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. it's a good one. Any for you, Casey? Um,
0: the, I don't know if you can consider this, but I would say Terry McGinnis.
1: Yes. Because oh. he is
0: Batman for yes. Batman beyond. They don't call him batman kid or anything you know what i mean so he'd be my honorable mention for sure that's a that's a great one yeah i I wanted to really get into this because
1: it's as much as like we've always said um that batman is the dc crutch it doesn't (laughs) matter because batman is such a popular and strong character yeah that he surpasses so many of the other Mm -hmm. superheroes out there he for some reason i don't know how many people's parents were murdered in an alley but People really relate to him, um, <laughs> and so I love it. It's just I don't even want to go into the Bruce Wayne stuff because I think we talked about it enough. Unless you guys have something to say about no, that, no, but no. yeah,
2: Batman Beyond has a run right now called uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year, um, and Bruce is dead, and Terry McGinnis uh, can't operate as Batman or he'll be killed on sight. <laughs> um, so he is trying to like navigate Neo Gotham also uh, Babs uh, who is technically commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. She just retired and uh, the police is becoming privatized um, by the new CEO of Wayne powers. And <laughs> T- Terry thinks that the new CEO has malicious intent. Of course. So Terry has to work undercover and oh he had to strip the bat suit of any internet connection um so it's got like no frills and he was making jokes like bruce used to tell me all the time back when he first started as batman he didn't have any of the tech that i had so now i guess i have to i have to do that That's and i
0: pretty badass idea for a story, actually
2: yeah it's called uh, batman beyond neo year and I highly suggest it if you're a fan of Batman Beyond, and I happen to be, so.
1: Awesome. Well, as uber fans of Batman on the show, I'm glad <laughs> that we got together to talk about this because I love these kind of episodes. Right? We can go into individual characters, but no, you know, no other character besides Batman has this much influence. There's a f- select few, and I'm sure we'll talk about on the show. But the fact that so many different actors have played the role, there are so many different stories out there and such a rich history. This is, this is where we're at. I mean, comic books have reached basically the pinnacle of pop culture and they've, they've become so influential in everything we, we look at these days. And I mean, especially when like all the big, bigs in Hollywood are like, well, comic book movies need to go away. Do they? Because they're making billions of dollars and you're just jealous so well
2: it's just like then make a better movie like to, right? to tell you like no one cared about the last kingdom like i'm sorry we didn't care don't blame it on marvel and dc Right. I don't know what you want from me exactly but anyway did you say shut up Ridley Scott is that what you said pretty much just shut oh, okay. just just make okay. like he's made so many amazing movies right Dude, just make I don't know just make another Listen, one I love <laughs> him I tell him to shut up at least once a month so yeah I love I Ridley Scott is a visionary make another visionary movie bro Last Kingdom <laughs> suck like, I don't, what do you want me to tell you oh my gosh. Uh, I'm sorry but anyway what no, doesn't
1: suck is Batman and he will not suck as we head into his hundredth year, you know, in, in the next 20 years, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Cause we'll be alive for that. I hope
2: so. Maybe, maybe, kind of maybe you guys, I don't know about me, but um no, I think too, though, just transcending time and space with Batman, you know, putting my son's Batman pajamas on, he's two years old. And I oh, I thought figured. you said you
1: put them on. It'd be a really tight fit. No, I don't. Put I, <laughs> I put them on him, and he's he's standing
2: up on his changing table, and he looks at me, and goes, "Daddy, I'm a bad man," and I said, "You are a bad man." <laughs> and no one
1: uh, knows what it's like,
2: right? But but <laughs> just you know he's two, and he already knows about Batman. He watches. I say the this cartoons. on every show.
1: You've done your job. Thank you. That's it. The next generation will know and carry on the flame the bad, of the, the bad, bad man. man. The, bad exactly. man.
2: <laughs> the bad man. Bad man. B-A-D-N-A-N. <laughs> yes. Exactly.
1: So, Casey, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This yes, is a so blast. Me. Yeah. Anything you want to
0: you want to plug before you head on out of the studio? Read your comics. It's what I say at the end of every Tower Light Talk episode. And Clearly you guys continue the tradition in this, uh, show as well. So if you want to get better learned, read everything we mentioned tonight.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I hope you were taking notes.
1: Exactly. So check out all the great shows on the DFAT Entertainment Network, including tele-talk that Casey and I do with Geekly News, uh, come check out everything that we talk about from movies, video games, TV, and more.
2: Yes. Always check out everything on fan Entertainment, including also Star Warriors that uh, we three are on the panel for and uh, Star Warriors Marvel Comics, which is out monthly, which is Chris and I go figure. Um, We talk about (laughs) what's going on in the current world of Star Wars comic books. Don't miss that. Lastly, um, Critical Mass is still in a a reformation phase, but we will be back uh, soon and uh, we're going to tickle your eardrums with some stupidity. So be ready for that. Can't
1: wait. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you guys have any questions, please hit us up on the Facebook page. Uh, We are heading into the season finale with the next episode, which we'll be talking about Dr. Strange. Uh, So we thank you for listening.
2: And this is Chris signing off. And this is Rocco. Support your local comic shop.